Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The radio show that knows truth is always stranger than fiction. Week Monday, I get shoes. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Because they're too real to be part of my imagination. On Talk Radio. Listen, I woke up rich this morning, like rich. It's payday. And I know we're all rich for about five minutes on payday before we farm all the stuff out to the bills and the mortgage and the shopping and the kids need this and the kids need that and you've got things that you've had on hold waiting for today to sort out all that stuff, right? But I did that and I was still rich. And I thought, hmm, something isn't right. This is not normal behaviour. So, I checked it out. They'd paid me too much. They'd paid me, like, almost double. Which ain't right. I mean, obviously, totally worth it, but it ain't right and it ain't normal. So, I'm there for about five minutes, just enjoying that feeling and enjoying the fantasy of keeping it. I know, I'm not that person. I'm totally not that person and I couldn't have done it. it. The guilt would have got too much. I think. I think. So what I had to do was like dob myself in. So I rang up my husband and I told him what happened and I said, I've, I've got to tell him, haven't I? Once it was out there, the devil was off my shoulder or at least he was a bit quieter. But once it was out there, it wasn't just my thing anymore. I'm not proud to admit this. It was a very strong possibility at one point that Uncle Rupert might have been a little bit of money down. They wouldn't have been able to find it, would they? The other thing about me is I've got this really, really annoying thing, one of many annoying things, called a conscience, and that conscience would not have allowed me to spend any money until I was absolutely sure that I was never going to be found out, and that was never going to happen. So I spoke up. I told the boss, I said, I mean, I'd love to believe that maybe they owed me some money and there's been some sort of mix-up, but it's not mine and that's actually my money, but I've got to say it out loud, you better, better ask about it. And they found out that, yeah, they've paid the wrong person the wrong money. I've got someone else's wages. That made it absolutely concrete that I'd done the right thing. But for a moment there, the devil on my shoulder was loud. Quite loud. And I've experienced it before. Have you ever bumped someone else's car? You're on your own in a car park. It's one of those really stupid things where you reverse and you weren't, you didn't see how close they were or whatever and just hear that crunch. I am not the only person who for a flashing second imagines driving off. You may even have driven off and gone back again. But that devil on your shoulder is there, right? 
So I want to hear tonight about the times the devil was on your shoulder. And do you think you would have done what I did and dobbed yourself in? 0344 499 1000. Who is your conscience? Who's the person that you dob yourself into, right? If you feel like you're about to slip the wrong side of those tracks, who's the person that you would say stuff out loud to and you know that they will... Well, if they say it's okay, it's probably all right. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. Of course, that can go either way. If you've got someone who's a terrible, terrible person, you might end up, I mean, a lot richer, but certainly more dishonest. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. And also today, I heard some words of wisdom, and I'm not going to tell you from whom, maybe until like the last hour or something, because I don't want you to prejudge it on the basis of who it comes from. Suffice to say, it's someone who has lived a life and has experienced things that most of us will never experience. And he came out with some things. He's had loads of therapy as well. And this is the result of it, right? He's had loads of therapy. And he said something that... A few things that stopped me in my tracks. First of all, he said, better to F it up. In fact, he used the word, better to F it up than not try. And he also said... If you're working hard at a relationship, you're in the wrong relationship. Now, I was certainly brought up to think that, um, you know, marriages in particular, but long-term relationships in general, are about give and take and working hard. And sometimes it's, it, it, is, it is difficult, but you get through it together and it takes work. I mean, that was the overriding thing. After all the tits and tinsel and the big party that is a wedding, the marriage itself takes work. But this guy's saying, if you're working hard, you're in the wrong relationship. What do you reckon? 0344 499 1000. And we've got loads of other stupid stuff to talk about. Don't ever fear about that. And if you want to talk about some old Tom Dickery, then you're more than welcome. Um, you know the number. You can either do that, 0344 499 1000. You can tweet at Talk Radio or at Flippin' Calf, that's me. Or you can text Talk and your message to 87222. And that text will cost you 25p plus your standard network rate. Really love to hear your um, voice on this one because everyone's had different experiences but I reckon we've all had a moment with the devil on our shoulder at some point and we've all been in a situation where we've thought to ourselves is this hard work because this is the way things are or is this hard work because I'm in the wrong place 0344 499 1000 give me a shout hey Harrison hi Kat how are you I'm all right thank you nice to hear your voice bright and early oh yeah thanks what's going um, on no I just pardon what's going on with you tell me Oh, um, yeah, so no, I just thought I'd give you a ring because, you know, I tweeted you last night and yeah. um, I know Gemma on Twitter said um, that I should call you about my phobia and the treatment. Right, talk to um, me about that because I, I didn't see your conversation yeah. but my, my, my interest was piqued by what she said. So you've got some sort of phobia and yeah, you've um, learned to deal with it. Tell me about it. Mm -hmm. um, well, I've kind of learned to deal with it. I mean, I'm getting, I'm trying to do some therapies um, right. for it. Um, but basically, I'll start, I'll start from the beginning because then it kind of makes sense and yeah. stuff like that. So from when I was like really young, when I like, first started nursery, um, I was, you know, had some unusual habits. So I was I would like run out the lunchtime hall. Um, I used to struggle to interact with the other kids. And um, literally, I was the happiest kid there. When my parents turned up. I used to like run and, and like jump in the air and like smiley and everything. And like, honestly, you've never seen a kid so happy. I was so happy to get out of there. And um, 
yeah, so that they picked up on strange habits, and um, turns out that you know that they kind of brought in professionals and stuff to talk to my parents about it. And um, I was diagnosed with Asperger's, right? Um, and you know that's what like, that's probably why I was finding the social interaction difficult and the lunch times and stuff like that. And it went on through school as well. And I was, you know, signed, when I was at school, obviously, you know, how the like, primary school lunch times are. You got to sit in the hall with all the other kids. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all like all the tables in there. And it's just, it's like a massive crowd. And I think that's partly, you know, with the Asperger's, it's large crowds. But I'm also quite sensitive to certain smells and stuff like that. Right. Um, so it was really, lunch times at primary school were, were really difficult. And, and it, it just throughout, I had to, in the end, the school gave in and they let me sit away from the other kids. Um, but it was just so so difficult to deal with sitting in the in the hall, and um, quite recently, actually, interesting. I don't know whether it's related, but it possibly is. Um, I started to notice that I had the phobia coming on, and um, the phobia is it's called a metaphobia, and I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a um, extreme fear of throwing up. Yes, basically. I have heard yeah. of it. I have mm-hmm. heard of it's it. It's quite common, apparently. Um, so yeah, it's so I. Um, you know, I started to notice this like fear of, of throwing up, and actually, I haven't been sick physically for um, 13 years, I think. Now, um, I think I've partly due to excessive hand washing and like preventing it and stuff like that, mm. um, because I'm so worried about the possibility of it happening. Um, but you know, I, I, and this this became apparent like quite recently, like, about five years ago, and it kind of went away a couple of years ago, and now it's really come back again. And I feel sick almost on a daily basis. Um, it's usually brought on by an intrusive thought, um, and sometimes I don't notice what that thought is, but it just it just happens. And so I've tried, um, well, I tried cams on the NHS, um, like that was basically just sitting around a table and chatting. That didn't really do anything for me. Um, then I tried CBT, uh, which is like the record. I don't know, you know, CBT. Yeah, like cognitive the, the behavioural therapy. That's it. Yeah. So it's the one that they. It's kind of their go-to. So they recommend that one first, really. Um, so I tried CAMS, that didn't work, tried CBT, and um, I mean, I don't know whether it was just down to the guy that was doing it, because he didn't really seem to, you know, he wasn't very helpful. Um, but I don't know whether it was down to that or whether it was, you know, the CBT wasn't working for him, I'm not sure. Um, but actually this week I've tried hypnotherapy, do you know, kind of, it's like hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it was really interesting actually, because I was really nervous about it, because when I, I went on Thursday for the first session, and I kind of thought, that I was, you know, I kind of thought I was going to be really like out, completely out of it. I didn't really know what I was kind of worried about. I thought maybe I'll like, you know, didn't really know what I would turn into when I was hypnotised. Um, so I tried it for the for the first session, and it was really weird because I didn't actually go into a full hypnotic state, and I don't really know why that is. Because you know, she tried the like speaking and, and doing the, the the that kind of, you know, trying to put me in a hypnotic state but it just didn't work really and and i'm still going to go back for a second session but i'm just not not really sure like where to go now i've got some stuff that i need to fill out like in a book and stuff but i don't know it's it's interesting one i just wondered what your thoughts were really well i was going to ask you whether i can play armchair psychologist with this yeah i I have experience (laughs) of emetophobia because one of my daughter's friends has it and it honestly her her worst fear happened recently when my daughter had a sleepover and my oh. yo- my youngest daughter is inclined to stuff in her face, and I think yeah. she may have um, like a lactose intolerance or something. Yeah, something is triggering her. 
and it tends to happen on a weekend and it tends to happen like after a party or something that's unusual mm. so an unusual sort of eating patterns mm -hmm. and in the middle of the night they're all sleeping on these um they're all sleeping on the floor she was ill in the middle of the night let's suffice to say without going into too much detail because you don't need that <laughs> yeah. and my my daughter's friend was absolutely beside herself she, I mean, yeah. it, it caused her to go. Then she was getting more and more upset. We had to take her home. Um, my husband had to drive her home in the middle of like, it was like two, three o'clock in the morning because she just couldn't settle. She was terrified. She was so upset and she oh, had a right. panic attack. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. we took her home and her dad's a policeman. And the next oh, okay. day, when I, when we spoke to the parents, because we were like horrified that she'd had, mm. we'd had such a good night, and then it ended in this kind of huge drama. Of course, everyone's up, all the lights are on, and it was awful. And for that poor girl. Yeah. And uh, the next morning, the dad said, your, your husband's got a really good copper's knock. He, he was wasted, because apparently, you know, he not wasted like that, but he was wasted in the job he had, because apparently yeah, he nearly you know, knocked the whole street down. But it turned out it, it wasn't my husband that had done the knocking. It was this 11-year-old girl so so <laughs> determined she was to get into the yeah. house. So anyway, this poor kid, and it was just awful. Yeah, and I nice. wonder, with her, and I've spoken to her mum about this, her mum's not been well, and I wonder whether it is about... she's What, what she's worried about is sort of loss of control. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that because... You know, I obviously don't know. I can't remember what it feels like to be sick because it hasn't happened in so long. And yeah. I think when when you like when you as soon as you start to feel sick, that and that's the problem with emetophobia is when you start to feel sick, and that's obviously a physical symptom of a panic attack. Yeah. So when you start to have this intrusive thought and it makes you feel sick, you then send into a panic attack, and then that just it's a spiral. Yeah. It just continues, and then it, it turns into a symptom of a panic attack, and then it's it feels like it's never ending. Yeah. And that is that is just horrific. So yeah, I. I you know, and so I wonder I, I whether that's that. I wonder whether that's also why you were not able to get completely into the hypnotic state that she wanted you in. Yeah, that's true. Because I was kind of when she she did this thing where she tried to get me to think about and the one that really worked was when she said, "Imagine she was speaking in this really soft voice and she was saying, imagine you're like looking up at the night sky with all the stars and the moon. Imagine you're walking on the moon and no one can see you.' And that was nice. And then. What was really weird is, you know, because she wanted to get to this exercise where she was going to, like, determine the cause of the emetophobia, so, like, where it all started. And unfortunately, we didn't manage to get to that because I just couldn't relax. Mm. And it was really weird because she was going to do this thing with, like, a finger movement where I, t like, was meant to twitch. She's, she's done it with other patients that have emetophobia, and, and they, like, they twitch. And then when she mentions, like, a certain year or a certain time in their life, and then she can pinpoint the moment that it started, and I was obviously hoping to get to that. But I just couldn't relax in the hypnotic state. I'm going to try it again. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. good. It's good to try it. And um, obviously, everyone's Asperger's is different. And and yeah. But I know that there is a general pattern that um, is about kind of necessity for routine and for certainty. That's yeah. That's absolutely yeah. That's so true with me because I, you know, when I was going in my childhood mainly, um, I was so hung up in routines. And if my routine changed, it would just. Go, I would. This is a separate point. But if my routine changed, I had this routine. I'd do certain things on certain days, and if it changed, I would just have a full-on like yeah. breakdown. Essentially. It was, so there it, was it is. There's that control thing again. That's it. Yeah, I think. And change is something that they've always mentioned to me that the medical professionals 
um, you know, said, you know, you obviously really struggle with change, and that is common with Asperger's, mm-hmm. you know, very, very common. And that's definitely something I um, have struggled with, yeah. How helpful do you think it is to sort of know yourself the way you do? You probably know yourself better than, mm. than most people because you've had to think about yourself in terms of you and also yeah. what, what's the Asperger's, what's you, and, and what's changeable. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, yeah, so I, I know my... I have also with Asperger's, you have something that you are able to focus on specifically. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's... You know, you might know I'm, I'm really, like, really heavily interested in radio and I, you know, I'm full-on anorak. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm probably radio geek. And um, I, I just, you know, once I get talking about something to do with uh, radio, something that I'm passionate about, I just literally will, will go off on one about it. And it, that, that, again, that's almost uncontrollable in itself when I go off on a monologue um, because I'm just so passionate about it. And, it. and it also helps me to distract myself as well from, yeah. from the, the negative thoughts. So there, there is a positive to Asperger's. There are so many positives to Asperger's and being on the autistic spectrum yeah. because, because of that, obviously, you're able to, when you have a job, you're able to be dedicated, like totally fixed on that job and then you don't get distracted and you're, you're, you're you know, it's, it's your top priority. Uh, so that's one of the positives. And there are others as well, you know, the, the you know, technical stuff and, and stuff that is commonly associated with, with Asperger's yeah. and, and people that are on the autistic spectrum. So yeah, it's not, it's not all negative, but there's just that aspect of vulnerability as well. I struggle to go out on my own as well, you see. So you know, I, I rely too much on my parents still, to be honest. Well, no, you, you say um, you struggle, but you do it. You do it. And there are situations yeah, I, in which you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do do it. But I, I, yeah, as I say, I do think I rely too much on my parents still. And I just need to, I really, I want to be independent. I want to, uh, you know, start a career and, and, you know, be my own person. But it's just, I really struggle with, with, you know, going out on my own. And I just feel so vulnerable when I'm walking down the street. I don't know why that is. Really? Do you realise how incredible it is to ring a national radio station and be the first caller up and tell me all these kind of um, really personal things about yourself and hand over Mm. the control to someone else? That's what you've just done. Yeah, I guess so. You have? But then I I owe you and you and Ian as well. Ian, if you're listening, you know, I hope you get well soon, mate, because I really, you know, I really miss you, but and we all really miss you. But um, it's, you know, you guys, your show has been such a big helped me because i only started like engaging i've listened for quite a long time but i only started engaging on twitter and stuff quite recently and um i, I don't know why that is i know that's got involved earlier but i've just i, I honestly it's such a massive help to me because it's i never I, I can't recall the time i've had a panic attack when you guys have been on i mean it's just a total distraction and it makes me laugh all the time and you know i owe you, I owe you guys a lot so i i really wanted to bring up and just you know, talk to, talk to you particularly about it. Ah, well, um, you're brilliant. Thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. It's been really interesting. No, yeah, obviously, it's any time. I, I, do, I do want to call up more regularly. I was saying this on Twitter, you know, I, I struggle with, with being a caller. I can do a radio show. Yeah, because you're in control. I, <laughs> yeah, that's it. You've nailed it. Um, yeah, it's, that's it. I mean, when I'm a... I, I've always found it quite nerve-wracking being a caller but I, I you know I just I love I, I don't want to take you guys for granted so I want to try and ring up more um but yeah just honestly just thank you so much oh, and, no, and also for the for the um the, the record and the and membership card as well you know platinum member 21 <laughs> getting that you know if I said I wasn't going to get a tattoo ever don't get a tattoo <laughs> for god's one, sake <laughs> No, don't, I definitely won't. I don't want to be responsible <laughs> for that. But listen, thank you so much for ringing, Harrison. It's always nice to hear from you. And, um, oh, you know, it's also that grateful to you. Thanks ever so much. Thanks, Ian. Bye. Bye.
that's all right. That's fine. And, and I'll definitely come and see you in Bath as well. You've got that. For Brilliant. Me, I will. Brilliant. I look forward to it. You take care of yourself. There's, there's Harrison taking the plunge. You can do it too. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to The Late Night Alternative. And I'm Catherine Boyle. Talk Radio. Contact Talk Radio. Call 0344 499 1000. Text Talk and your message to 8722. Texts cost 25 pence plus your standard network rate. Or you can tweet us at Talk Radio. This is Talk Radio. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. Uh, Alistair and Roger, hang on, I'll be right there. First of all, let's speak to Giselle. If you want to give me a ring, it's 0344 499 1000. Hey, Giselle. Hiya, you all right? Yeah, fine, thanks. What you got? Uh, I wasn't going to ring in, but I can relate to everything that Harrison just said, so I kind of feel obliged to give my take on it. Go on then, let's hear it. Um, well, <laughs> it's it's. I feel it very important that I speak from my personal experience and, and stress that what I will say only comes from my personal experience, okay? Sure. As somebody with... Asperger's as darkness when I was 16 which possibly might be a little bit older than, than Harrison was um, <clears throat> I, I was told later on uh, by professionals I worked with that, and again I will just, just stress that this is my personal experience that one of the things that they both liked and disliked about me is that I liked to know the ins and outs of a dog's ass <laughs> <laughs> now right. I know that you absolutely know exactly what I mean. Yeah. However, what that means is sometimes people have the ability to know a little bit too much and want to look into things a little bit too much. And that itself can cause a problem. That's very classical of somebody with Asperger's with, you know, a certain division within the autism spectrum to know everything about what it is that they're bothering them is bothering them because to to understand is to gain the knowledge to try and help themselves yeah and that is perfectly absolutely okay it's also that but, control thing again isn't it if yeah, i know yeah. what the enemy is i know what i'm doing yeah 
But if um, if the problem, as he's saying, is, is a thought process, which is triggering something. Now, I, I know because when I was 14, so when I was nearly 17, I felt sick every day, right? So I know that anxiety can bring about that thought and, and you then feel sick and then you kind of, it's a vicious circle. I totally <laughs> understand. <laughs> he's saying that he's worried that maybe he didn't get enough into a hypnotic meditative state. Um, that is kind of the point. I mean, Ian spoke to a caller a few days ago whereby he said that um, people wiser than him would say that you're concentrating too hard on it if you can't get into a state straight away. Mm -hmm. But also in your first hypnotherapy session, you're not going to straight away. Um, I have also been hypnotized, right? So I have an understanding too. Um, it, it may be, you know, induced in anxiety that is, you know, by sound a bit possible but it may be there may well be an underlying medical thing you can't rule that out unless you're a doctor obviously i'm not trying to do that but it's um it's, it's worth saying that it's you know i don't feel sick anymore but it took a several years for me to get over that because i had to learn a different thought pattern in terms of the way that i coped with it which really was about exposure therapy to what I was worried about. What? So what, you had um, to be in a room with people throwing up? I had to face my own fears, you know? I wouldn't put myself in a room unless I could see all the exits, unless I was facing the door in case I did feel sick. Now, like him, I am very rarely am sick. And in fact, probably very similarly, um, it's actually a lot worse the fear of it than actually being sick in, yeah. the, in, in the eventuality. Um, which is rarely happens because that's that's the whole point of fear, I guess. Um, being in control of the fear, that's that's kind of what you're taking back the control again. Obviously, you have some understanding as as you do an idea of control. Um, it's it's about putting yourself. So I would put myself in that room when I was ready, and not look at the door constantly or whatever. But I make sure I, I knew where my exits were, of course. But I, yeah. it's about you know feeling safe in a situation. It kind of tricks your brain into thinking actually. I am okay because when you're anxious, as anybody with a, a full phobia will know, you get to a point of a phobia where it gets to a heightened level. It gets so high that it can't go any higher and it starts to come down again. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a slower process, you know. It, it takes time, but it is kind of possible to get through. Arming yourself with facts is, is great, but just be aware perhaps that um, that, that can cause you to overthink which again right. if you have a tendency to do that anyway may affect you know the thoughts because what happened with me was i'd wake up and the first thought i think was oh do i feel sick mm -hmm. and that can then cause you to feel sick because you're then hyper focused on it mm -hmm. um so it's you know it's something that's that's possible but um the only thing i'd say is you know if you're not sure about going back to to hypnotherapy but you thought it might help try it again yeah. what have you got to lose you know? would it be fair to say to you that with this, and I, I, I guess it's different with people with Asperger's and people without, right? Of course. But with a, a, a phobia like this, or like the thing about needing to see the doors or whatever, going and doing it, if you can get yourself into the position where you feel safe doing that, in, as safe as you can, you know? Because obviously mm -hmm. that's, that phobia's still there. Going and doing it and realising that, do you know what? It might be horrible, but you're not going to die, and you did it and nothing happened. Yeah, that's, left everything. that's the important thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you, you're teaching your brain. It's it, Because consciously, 
you know, a person is aware that, you know, this or this is likely not to happen, but I still feel like it. Yeah. It's the difference between the monkey mind, essentially. You can look into that if you want. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's fight or flight and, and basically instinct and what happens in your, in your subconscious before you kind of have that conscious thought. But it's teaching your brain, which has learned its its thought pattern over time to cope a particular way, to mm-hmm. kind of unlearn to cope how it would have coped before you taught yourself to cope in a particular way, which is, you know, then caused a phobia. Yeah. It's essentially learned classical conditioning. Um, but it's, yeah, it's... Um, because conditioning is possible, kind of conditioning yourself away from it is possible, but it does it does take time. I was going to say to you, because the, the story, the delightful story of Domino vomiting that I was telling earlier on um, with this kid at the sleepover, she'd been avoiding sleepovers because of that happening. She was worried that someone was going to get ill, right? And it mm-hmm. happened. And her mum said in a weird kind of way, she managed to talk herself around after it happened to say, do you know what? The worst thing happened... It was horrible, but it probably won't happen again. And if it does, it, it is not fatal. So it, it's she wanted to go and do another sleepover because she wanted to sort of put herself back in the position of you know slight risk, but also knowing mm. that the risk wasn't as fate you know wasn't a fatal one. And also, if it does happen, like the, in terms of probability, she knows she can go like, home. The chances of that happening again is yeah. it's very slight as well. Exactly. So, yeah, it's. it's it, that, that's just a get out and a safety net and, and, and obviously if you've got that then that's fine if you can leave the room if you know if you if you manage that I, I used to have a very, very strong fear of um, blood tests and it is take, it took me till I was uh, 20 I think to um, to actually get through one wow okay. um, and it you know it was it was really strong because uh, it was due to a vein collapsing when I was 14 all right well that'll um, do it yeah yeah, yeah, it, and it was absolutely. But but I knew that that was the case, but I still avoided it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I do understand it. it, it it's possible, but it. Um, yeah, it's you know I've I've had th- three blood tests I think since I was twenty, but they do get less each time. You know. Yeah, and you, because you're not building them up in your mind as much. No, let, let, I still hate it. I'm not pretending I, I go and think, oh, yeah, you blood test. You know, I don't. But <laughs> no one loves them. It, it, I, I manage, you know. Yeah. So it's possible. Let me just ask you one more question before you go, and, and I'd be interested to sort of pick your brains as someone who has Asperger's about this whole thing of the devil on your shoulder. Now, the way your Asperger's works, does that mean that when something happens, you go into a very... Um, you, you go into sort of procedure. You know that this is the right thing to do, and so you do it. Or do you ever get that moment with the devil on your shoulder, and you're tempted, and, and you don't know which way to go? Mm. It depends if I'm influenced in the first place. Right. So if I go into a situation and I, I'm already thinking, you know, I'm going to do it like that, then I'm kind of quite ballsy and one track, you know, and it yeah. will be almost like, uh, you know, I, I won't see another way. But if I've gone into it and I'm not expecting it and somebody offers me a different, um, you know, possible outcome, let's say, yeah. then I, I actually find that really difficult because that, that makes a decision very, very difficult right. to make. Because you've got disorder, I guess. So, um, for yeah. example, you bump someone's car. Would you have that same flashing thought as a lot of people would have, which is, just leg it. No one's seen it. Who's going to know? No. You wouldn't? No. But is that... Because you're you, or is that just is that part of the Asperger's? You think? It's impossible <laughs> to say, I guess, isn't it? What a stupid question. Sorry about that, Giselle. Yeah, Catherine. <laughs> I have to say things out loud sometimes just to get them out of no, my own head. But yeah, it, 
So what I'm asking you, Giselle, is am I a bad person for even contemplating that stuff? No, I imagine that's just how a, a brain works, isn't mm-hmm. it? Kind of panic. Yeah, I think that that's, that's fight or flight. Again, there's a reason for it. Yeah. Hmm. All right. You make me feel a little bit better, Giselle. I can <laughs> sense a, a brooding uh, judgment there behind all that. <laughs> You're quite right. I'm an awful person. Nice to hear from you, Giselle. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hey, Alistair. Uh, one minute. Oh, hang on. Have we caught you? You're not in the loo or anything, are you? No, no. I was just on speakerphone. How very dare you? Listening to the show. Fair enough. I'll let you off. Thanks to Dave last night who allowed me to listen to the last half an hour. He's a good. But I saw. Ma- I saw you on the line. He went. He's just listening. His internet's gone down. I know, we're in the middle of one of your ghost stories, Cal, so I never heard the end of it. <laughs> it's probably a load of nonsense, so they all end up in a load, load of nonsense by the... Right. The hey, listen, I don't want to overload Harrison, because obviously, it's, well, he's given his experience, mm-hmm. and then Giselle's given his experience, but I was a social worker, and I did work with Asperger's people, and also... I had experience of another therapy, which is called neuro-linguistic programming. Oh, yeah, NLP, I've heard of that. Right. Um, basically, uh, one of the things that... It, 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 I won't go into any detail. I'm, I'm, what I'll try and do is message Harrison about it. I agree that he should continue to try the hypnosis, um, but if it doesn't work, maybe he could research this as well after... Hmm. Um, but the basic thing about NLP is the therapist doesn't require the participant to go back and face any kind of trauma. What NLP is about is trying to rewire the brain now and present to approach situations differently, if you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Well, like, for example, the only thing I can equate it to is reading the Alan Carr books. And one of the main lessons of that, you know, the easy way to stop smoking, right? First thing you've got to do is stop thinking of it as quitting, giving up. Yes. You stop. Because the moment you say something like giving up, it makes you feel like you're sacrificing something. And actually, what he's trying to say to you is, you stop and you've got everything to gain. Yeah. So is, I mean, would, the, that, would that be that sort of thing? Well, uh, the example I've, I've just thought of then was um, something that I did on myself, because you can actually do it on yourself as well. Um, and it's something that Paul McKenna has at NLP clinic. Yeah. You know Paul McKenna? Yeah. And um, it's like, for example, how to build your self-confidence if you're not very confident. Um, one of the techniques that um, he talks about in his book is actually thinking of a different version of yourself in your mind the best version of yourself and you can see that person like on a cinema screen being the most confident person in the world and in doing that and also attaching relaxation techniques and stuff like that um, in some cases it can work now i think with asperger's i don't know if they'll dovetail together NLP and with Asperger's because, of course, I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. But if um, if Harrison was to, um, you know, need to research if, if it doesn't work what it, the path is doing at the moment, maybe, uh, maybe it might be of help. Yeah, it's worth a thought. Thanks very much, Alistair. Um, 
But anyway, the reasons, well, a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, the devil on the shoulder. Yes, tell me. Right, this was a major one. Um, but because it was, like, major, it kind of made the decision a bit easier. And I'll tell you what happened. Go on. I had a business bank account at one point in my, when I was sort of doing um, self-employed social work. And one day in the savings part of that account, I checked my balance and normally what, you know, if you're lucky, you've got 100 quid in there or something. Yeah. I checked the balance, there was 30,000 pounds in it. What? Yep. Wow, you weren't joking when you said major. And it just appeared overnight? Yep. Flipping heck, Alistair. Now, what you said about, um, oh, you know, do they do the right thing? It's, it's human nature, isn't it? To mm. think, well, this has gone through the banking system, but will anybody miss this or not? And then you think, well, yeah, but then... And, of course, with a, within a, a couple of days... <laughs> £30,000, I'm not surprised. I'm not judging you for um, a couple of days. I realised that I couldn't live with myself, could I? No. Also, the thought in my head was, it's come from somewhere. Someone's missing out because yeah, yeah. I've got this. Absolutely. Also, so, if I get busted, I'm going to look awful. You know, if you're thinking of it from a purely ego thing, I don't want people thinking I'm that dodgepot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 30 grand is a lot. So, in the end, it wasn't. there wasn't any decision to make, really. Yeah. I rang the bank up and um, I said, look, this ain't my money. Yeah. <laughs> Take it back quick. Take it back quick before I <laughs> run away to Brazil. That's, uh, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> God, well, well. mine. Um, so did you, you um, I mean, presumably you just, well, you dealt with it in one day, didn't you? So. Yeah, it was within, it, I was only rich for about an hour once I knew because I told, <laughs> I, I told the boss's assistant, she got in touch with payroll. Payroll obviously realised what had happened and told me that what's happened is they've given me someone else's wages as well as my own. So some poor newcomer hasn't been paid today. Meanwhile, there's yeah. me planning, you know, Tattoos, yeah, tattoos the, and booze. <laughs> it begs the question, though, does it not, that uh, don't you deserve a pay rise? Well, I mean, that, that, that's what the devil was saying. Maybe the, my dad, I told my dad as well, he went, maybe it's a bonus. I went, you and I both know it ain't a bonus at this time of year, but uh, the idea would be delicious. Yeah. Anyway, Alistair, thanks very much for ringing, and uh, thanks for... Uh, Can I just say one thing very yeah. quickly? Um, I saw my solicitor today. Oh, good. And can I just say that I'm feeling a sense of um, being much happier, relieved and humbled. I think things are going to be OK. I, yeah. I, 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 I think so, too. And if the solicitor's saying it, obviously they're more qualified than I am. But it feels like you're putting your life in the right direction. And, and, yeah. and, and you know... It's old, it's old matters, and it, it, it's not as serious as before. So. OK. Okay, well, let us know, Alistair. But uh, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad they put your your fears in slightly to rest. I know that you won't feel completely right until it's all done, but... Um, yeah, and uh, love to Ian. Yeah, I'll make sure I pass it on. I'm going to see him tomorrow. I'm taking the girls to see his kittens. 
Oh, brilliant. It's going to be great. Thanks very it's much for reading. It's going to be like a school, a school of cats. Oh <laughs> Definitely. Although his, so, cat, his cats are getting on better with the kittens than they did with uh, Willow. I think Willow is just the wrong age. She's getting to the point where maybe... <laughs> I, I suspect she was kicking out some hormones, which doesn't help the ah, matter. Yeah. Anyway, Alistair, thanks very much for ringing. 0344 499 1000 if you want to give us a call. We can talk about the devil on your shoulder. Uh, we can talk about... You know, this idea of um, if you're working hard in a relationship, is it a sign that that relationship isn't working? You're in the wrong relationship. I heard it said on this uh, this audio book I was listening to, and I'll tell you later on in the show who was um, who'd written it. Really interesting person, seen life, you know, in all its permutations, has been to loads of therapy. And he said that that was one of the things he'd learned. If you're working hard in a relationship, you're in the wrong relationship. Can that be right? 0344 499 1000. You're listening to The Late Night Alternative with me, Catherine Boyle. On DAB, digital radio, online and on mobile. We are Talk Radio. 